Okay, going to bring this thing back to order in three, two, October 31st, 2022. It's Halloween, everyone. It's me. It's me. It's your favorite PhD that ain't using his degree. It's Dr. Goose live on the line. We've been doing some live shows. We've been doing some live testing. And now we are back with all of our boys on the other side of the state. We're going to start with the one that you know and you love, and we almost lost him forever and ever. Mr. Fermi, welcome back to your Anonymous Gamblers podcast. Thanks, Goose. Happy to be here. Technical difficulties, to say the least. That's one word for it. Also, on the line, Mr. Big Cat, welcome back to your Maction podcast. It's Maction Monday. It's Halloween. Things are going to get weird. And if there's ever anyone that you can count on live from down in Tampa, giving you the strip club update for the NFL, Mr. Zans, welcome back to your Maction podcast. Hello, hello. There's nothing more spooky on Halloween than the lack of skill, fundamentals, and conditioning of Maction. It's outstanding. Um, you know, one thing we were talked about, and we'll kind of bring things a little bit full circle here so we don't have to repeat ourselves twice. We only lost a couple minutes because we're downloading the, the Podbean apps. We're going to do live calls. It lets us get more guys on. We're doing everything we can to kind of branch out our marketing team, which doesn't exist. We're going to give that over to the big cat because we trust his search engine optimization uh, ability. But the fact is, is that big cat, is, the question I gave you before is, and also Zans, I'll lead into you as well. Well, we'll start with the big cat. How's your betting been going this season? How much Maction have you been following? How dedicated have you been? And how's your bankroll? Big Cat, go first. Well, I would say um, it's been hit or miss, maybe more hit than miss. Uh, I have not spread it around as much this year. I've went with a lot more silver bullet approaches, and it feels like it works because I get a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, I'm always leaning toward the Maction. I believe if you remember, I was on a couple weeks ago talking about those Buffalo Buffalo Bulls, and well, guess who's going to be playing tomorrow night? We'll be giving you a preview on today. So, um, you know, silver bullets have been working, and we'll see. We're going to give you several silver bullets. I like uh, it. Maction over the next couple hours. I like it. Uh, uh, Zans, your turn. Go ahead. How's your Benjamin Godin, and how much Maction have you been following? You know, I wanted this year to follow the Maction non-com. Right, because when the Georgia Bulldogs pay the Golden Flashes a cold mill, mill and a half to come down to Athens and get you know wiped out, I'm intrigued on how they'll perform. That line was 45. Our boys from Kent State lost by 17. I think that's something. Could be nothing, but I think it's something. We had another team go to Penn State, get blown out. Penn State's proven to be a fraud. Does that mean something? Who knows? But I was paying attention to the early non-conference when our boys from the Mac got to go south and actually see a pretty girl for once in a while to get cleaned up by those non-conference bullies. Well, you know, it's been interesting to say the least. You know, Fermi and I have been covering a lot of smaller conferences. When we first started this thing, Fermi, you know, you were really heavy into the SEC, and and now you've really dipped your your toe into the group of five, Fermi. How confident are you right now heading into the first week of match and continuing 27 days of, of football uninterrupted? Yeah, so not as confident as the Maction guys are who have been focused to bring this this episode for months now. Um, but I've been, like you said, I've been dipping into a little bit of everything, trying to keep a broad outlook, you know, for really to cover all of college football. That's what, you know, we really spend a lot of time on Tuesdays and Wednesdays going over all the games. So 
that's been my focus. I love that we're going to deep dive into a specific conference here for the next you know month, month and a half. Let's get into it. Tuesday night, Ball State getting seven at Kent State. Over-under right now is sitting at 62.5. And, and also Buffalo, minus three, over-under is 58.5 at Ohio. Maxion, take it away here. Let's see what we got. Well, one, one of the things the action crew does bring, and that's uh, meteorology. We've got a weather report. Um, first two games on Tuesday, much of what you would expect. Actually, most of the slates, much on what you would expect. Cloudy, mid-40s, minimal wind. That's what we're talking about to not get uh, the wind. Sometimes does dictate a lot of the over-unders. Um, maybe just setting the table here for CZ going into uh, All-State, Kent State. All-State preseason pick the finish last in the West. They're actually second. They're rolling pretty well at four and four, two and two in the conference. Kent State uh, predicted to finish third and they're they're milling around two and two as well. Um, CZ, uh, I know you've been really focused on the flash, uh, the golden flashes. What do, you, what do you have for us? I love the golden flashes. I think in, you know, in the MAC, you can dismiss preseason coaches polls because nobody has any idea who's going to flunk out of school knock up a farmer's daughter and be Ooh. kicked off the team. Like, it's just going to happen. There's more turnover, you know, between preseason and the first game in this conference than anywhere else. So the fact that Ball State was picked to finish last and they're showing well, I think we appreciate. Being it's the first match of the podcast of the year, I'm just going to go through a few of the key players for each team because you're going to hear more about them as the weeks go on. And that way they'll become people you know and love like Fermi. And we can just sort of blow through them. I'm going to start with the Cardinals of Ball State. Uh, four and four overall, two and two in conference. Their QB is John Paddock. He's got a 14 to nine touchdown interception ratio, which isn't great. Just 10 yards per completion, which really isn't that great either. And he's got a total of 17 rushes for negative 46 yards. So Mr. Paddock is not a runner. He is a pocket passer, to say the least. No scramble ability, no rushing touchdowns. We're really not going to give you anything back there. Where they excel is at the running back position with Carson Steele, who you heard about last year when he was an undergrad stud, really, really good. He's got nearly 900 yards and eight tighties on the young season. And they've got two stud wide receivers as well, who's really picking up Paddock and making him look better than he actually is. We got Jason Jackson and our friend from last year, Johannes Tyler. Johannes combined have more receiving yards than the rest of the team twice over. So it's really those guys are bust, you know, in the passing game for Ball State, but their preference is to run it with Steele. One thing I found interesting, and I remember talking about this last year with Matt, they don't really have great tight ends, nor do they use them in the passing game. They're probably just run blocking, pass protection, you know, maybe a rollout here or there. But Ball State's got two guys, 6'6 and 6'7, tall whiteys. Brady Hunt and Tanner Koziel. They've got eight tutties between them. So they love those guys in the red zone. And I looked at Kent State, you know, went into those player stats. Who's tall and who's fat on defense? They don't have anybody that can cover anybody near the 6'6 or 6'7. So that could be a mismatch we see here. We're going to move over to Kent State. Three and five overall, two and two in conference. I mentioned that game at Georgia where they only lost by 17 and were supposed to lose by closer to 50. That was just kind of a messy game by the Bulldogs. But the fact that Kent State sort of kept up with them, uh, I think shows a lot about the grit and the coaching in particular. Their, their QB is Colin Schley, who has a worse touchdown interception ratio of 8-4. to four. But what old Colin can do is he can scramble. 
he has got 340 yards rushing, which is second on the team, and he's run in four times on the year with a long of 61. So he's a quick little guy, too. At the, at the running back, you've got Marquez Cooper. He's got 845 yards and eight TDs, which are almost identical stats to Carson Steele, who gets way more publicity. So Marquez kind of a sleeper there on the golden flashes. And then at wide receiver, you've got Dante Cephas and Devontae Walker. Those guys don't really blow the lid off the, the defense. You know, no really long catches, not a long completion, you know, sort of average between them. They're between the numbers, quick outs, slants over the middle, but they've got solid hands and they have very few drops. Um, one thing I always like to look at in the action because it matters is the kicking game because it's awful. They're terrible. Our friend on the call, Big Cat, might have a better chance to drill some of those from his old high school glory days than these guys do. Mm. So the Kent State kicker's 11 of 17 on the year. Hasn't made anything longer than 44 yards. And the Ball State kicker's 13 of 17 on the year, which isn't much better. So as Big Cat and I wrap up this game, we're thinking about Ball State kind of preseason basement dwellers showing up a little bit better. Kent State, always very good at home. You don't just go into Dick Stadium and not get slapped in the face with it. So we like Kent State here to cover the seven, if not more, going away against Ball State. Fermi, that's an interesting pick considering that Kent State itself is only 3-5 and five against the spread this year. But remember, they were against some pretty stout teams at the beginning of the year in Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia. They did cover two of those games, but inside Maction, been a little ugly for me, even some straight-up losses. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I like the Kent State pick. I also like my lean was going to be the under. Uh, Ball State, five of the last six have been under. Kent State, four of their last five have been unders. Kent State runs about 58% of the time. Just like when you're on the roulette table, you don't bet against the run. I would take the under in this one. Big Cat, keep this yeah, thing rolling, maybe, brother. I'm just going to give you one little sample here, uh, Dr. Goose. Um, if, you're, if you're on Twitter if you're trying to wait till there's something going to happen right until it comes out, there's a, there's a name I want you to search, C.J. West. Who is he? He's Kent State's best interior defensive lineman. Um, in the event that you know he's unable to go, he missed the last game. That could open up more holes for Steele, which potentially could be more points on the board. But you know, I'd still, I still kind of support our boys on the under and the and the, the golden flash is the flash. I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. Moving on to that Buffalo Ohio game, Buffalo minus three over under fifty eight and a half on Tuesday night as well. Took those Buffalo. Uh, what are they? Bulls? Yeah, the Bulls. I took them against the uh, UMass first half. That cash for me a couple weeks ago. Always nice to get that early match and leans in, guys. But tell me what you're thinking there, Big Cat, about this Buffalo-Ohio matchup. Well, I mean, I'm just going to call on a couple players and turn it over to, uh, to, to my main analysis. Uh, James Patterson at Buffalo, um, he was the number one rated top NFL talent coming into the year out of that conference. He's having a really strong year against in the middle. Um, you've got Ron Cook, Ron Cook Jr., um, and, you know, Everyone always remembers Justin Marshall, the Louisville transfer, who's been who's been playing well for uh, Buffalo. But we are we are exceeding expectations up, up north, um, and we're headed into Frank Solich Field, and that is when the Bobcats go on a run. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you look at all of the metrics, and I'll give you some of them here. It almost seems like an obvious game, but if you remember that it's an action, the obvious never happens, and it's always. 
the opposite. You get your brain and a pretzel trying to pick these games. So sometimes what you think is going to happen is not what's going to happen. But then if you're thinking what's not going to happen is what happens, and all of a sudden you're just drooling on yourself. So that's what happened with this game here. Big Cat and I got aligned at the end. But, I mean, the Bulls 5-3, and three, started 0-3, played some heavy hitters, um, and, but they're 5-0 and in conference. The three teams the Bulls lost to to start the season are a combined 21-4 and four on the year. And that includes the likes of Maryland, Holy Cross, and I believe Coastal Carolina, who are top juggernauts by any stretch. Sure, Those teams yeah. have proved to be pretty good. Uh, Holy Cross is undefeated. So are they bad losses? Time will tell. But, you know, as of right now, they look pretty good. You know, Cole Snyder is, is pretty serviceable at QB for the Buffs, 12 to 5, touchdown interception ratio. He does run a little, snuck four in uh, to the end zone on the year. Um, running back Ron Cook, which Big Cat mentioned, is an absolute stud. Wide receivers are Justin Marshall and Quion Williams. We've got nine touchdowns between them. Uh, and the Bulls have a very good kicker, 15 of 17 on the year, and has drilled a few over 50, which is, always comes in handy if you get to drive to stall out here. You know, for the Bobcats, five and three overall, but three and one in conference. Um, their QR quarterback is an absolute stud, Curtis Rourke, Curtis with a K. Uh, completing 70% of his passes, 16 to three touchdown to interception ratio, over 13 yards per, per completion, um, and has four rushing TVTs unto himself. So he's really slinging the rock, really efficient, you know, with 70% of his passes being completed and averaging 13 yards per completion. Sometimes you get one and the other, but never really both. So he's really doing a nice job for them this year. You know, the running backs are freshmen, C.A. Bangura, He's only got about 500 yards, but seven touchdowns. He's a freshman. Kind of looks like the predator. He's a scary guy. I wouldn't want to try to tackle him. Uh, and then for wide receiver, for all of what the numbers Curtis is putting up, there's no specific wide receiver that really stands out. They've got nine guys, nine, with over 100 yards receiving on the season so far. None of the other teams in the MAC I looked at had over five. So really balanced, really spreading the ball around. Anybody can beat you at any time. Um, but their senior, Sam Wiglas, he's really kind of the, the lead guy there at the receiving court. Him and Curtis have come up through the ranks, have a great rapport together. He's kind of their go-to guy. Think of like Stafford and Cup. They're both white. These guys are both white. They love each other, and they're just connecting overall. So when you look at the teams, Buffalo should be better, right? Better losses, better records. You know, better balance in terms of passing and running. And Ohio's great passing game doesn't really run it as much. Buffalo's passing is not bad. But we're taking Ohio. And they're plus three. I love the points. The Cat and I are going to tease it up a little bit, and we're going to go ahead and go money line. Ooh. Big Cat, is this true? Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? I, this, oh, this is, this is true. Expect the unexpected. Um, and this is something that's going uh, to allow you to lick your lips there, Dr. Goose. The Bobcats gave up 736 yards to Kent State and uh-huh. 640 to Fordham, uh-huh. yeah, FCS Fordham. So I think that the teams are collectively both going to move the ball. Um, it's Ohio's game at home. I think that 15-and-a-half might get shredded. We might be up in the sevens by the time this game ends, but um, I think it's going to be a hot-power game. But as CZ called out, freshman kicker Nathaniel Vacos, um, you know, that 55-yarder, he can hit shows he's got some distance. Fermi, any thoughts on this? Yeah, so this one was a tough one for me. I'm, I'm actually probably going to just completely fade it. I like Buffalo defensively. 
but I really liked Curtis Rourke and how efficient he was. Um, really, with all the stats that CZ ran off, I, I wrote a bunch of the same ones down. Um, almost 160 QBR, so I, I'm going to completely fade. I, I would probably, well, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to guess. I'm, I'll ride. I'll ride the the matching specialists and and jump on that Ohio money line. On Wednesday, Central Michigan at Northern Illinois. Central Michigan getting three and a half over under 55 and a half. And then Western Michigan is getting four and a half on the road at Bowling Green. What? Over under 46 and a half. I know Fermi loves Bowling Green, but I know those Baxter boys love Pop the Pimpleton. Or is it Pop the Pimpleton? I don't know. But someone tell me, Big Cat, what's going on here? Well, let's start out first with CMU and NIU. Um, first going into CMU, I mean, it has been an absolute disaster um, so far this year. They're 2-6 and six overall, 1-3 and three in the conference. And they are absolute basement dwellers in the West with you know, NIU. Um, you know, I think the offense thought, we are going to have this. We got Daniel Richardson, a QB, Lou Nichols, the third, who, you know, anyone remember, he actually led the nation in rushing last year. Um What's happened when they've gotten hurt? They, they threw up a huge number early at Oklahoma State, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then just just struggled, barely getting over um, Akron at the end. Um, they lost their wide receivers and just haven't been able to, um, you know, replace them. The only only remaining uh, wide receiver was Dallas Dixon. Uh, Dallas suffered a season ender two weeks uh, two weeks into the season. Um, you know, we talk about tight ends. They've got Angel Wilson. He hasn't done much. Um, I mean, Wayne is considering playing himself this week, uh, which would be interesting. He's going to bring his bet shark out with them. But I would just say, you know, they, you know, when you look at the chips at two and six, I mean, uh, this is full, full blown cell mode right now, um, which is going to lead us really to, to NIU. Um, and, and maybe one last thing um, CMU owns a negative 11 turnover margin. Um, that's worst in the country with uh, Auburn, and we saw what happened to uh, their coach uh, today. Um, you know, thinking about NIU, you got Rocky Lombardi. Um, most, you know, he's been really injured play for most of the year, and, and you know, they've, they've thrown Ethan Hampton in there, who, you know, when he takes the majority of the snaps, turnovers are, are prevalent. Um, six, seven TDs with six INTs this year. Um, but, you know, Justin Lynch um, got the recent surprise start. Um, and, you know, he, he he brought them a little bit to life. Um, another person that they've lost at, at NIU is uh, Trayvon Rudolph. We talked about him a ton last year. Um, he got injured in camp. Um, so, you know, I would say um, Cole Tucker is definitely someone um, who, who, you know, is really someone they can, they've, uh, they can go to. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of like NIU a little bit. That they're a little bit worse. They're less worse than um, CMU is. Um, I think this is going to be just an absolute ugly game. Um, but, you know, I think the Huskies are going to find a way to pull it out. Zans. It's, it's funny to talk about Lou Nichols and the great career he's had. And certainly last year, how good he was. This year he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. That's that's awful, and I just don't know if they had a turnover on the line, or you know, McElwain just falls in love with that sort of run and gun passing game that he's just not developed, you know, pounding the rock as much. But 
you know, Fermi and I, from experience, colorist shocks that old Jimmy Boy can have a good season and follow up and absolutely step in it. You know, that's no shock to people who followed him with those Gators. So they're they're kind of down bad right now. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of them. I don't like them sort of going on the road here whatsoever. You know, he could be on the hot seat, quite honestly. So, you know, I'm with Big Cat on the pick. I think we like the under here um, because there's a little bit of slop involved. You know, NIU, super run heavy. And CMU just kind of messy. Yeah, they're going to try to throw the rock around, but I feel like there's a lot of punts coming from just, you know, failed drives that ultimately we might not see the barn burners we saw in game one with CMU, you know, with Oak State or last year in any CMU game where, you know, Goose, we were celebrating those third quarter overs. Woo! Those are those are just not what's coming this year. Um, so that's where we're at on this. Fermi. Yeah, so I like I like Northern Illinois too, minus four. Um, I think they're going to pound the ground. They had two guys last week get a lot of carries, um, and both eclipsed the hundred. I think were, were very close. So I, I think they're going to just pound the ground. Chase Bauer last week for CMU was he really had to do everything, throw the ball, and he also ran for a hundred. And that was at Bowling Green, and they still lost by sixteen. I just don't see it happening this week for CMU either. So I'm going to ride Northern Illinois myself, minus four. Western Michigan getting four and a half at Bowling Green, over under 46 and a half. Big Cat, take it away. I mean, this, I got to be honest, this is, a, there's a little head scratchery in this one. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Um, Western Michigan, uh, preseason number five. They're, they're in the West, they're third. They're, you know, two and two respectively. Um, Bowling Green, Old McDonald is having a farm. They're three and one, um, exceeding expectations of the second um, in the East, only behind only behind the Bucks. Um, when I saw this line, I, I kind of make the assumption um, it's it's going to be BGSU. Um, it's definitely going to be the team here that's going to have <laughs> have a really strong strong game. Um, when you look look at the team, we talked about Matt McDonald. Um, we've been talking about him for what feels like years. Um, he has really benefited from Alabama A&M transfer Odia Hilaire. Um, they also have all Mac tight end Christensen. So, I mean, we're talking more about tight end, I think, on this action podcast we ever have. Um, but he's a really good security blanket. Um, if Bowling Green has a, a weakness, it's running the ball. They're 118th nationally um, at 3.3 a carry. Um, They've got a young offensive line. Um, some of these freshmen are now sophomores that they started last year. Um, yeah, they did. They brought in um, a center transfer from Memphis who's actually been really, really good. Um, so overall, you know, the best chance that they're going to have is obviously to, to get the ball and throw the rock and pick up yards where they can. Um, but, you know, the one thing where I think, um, you know, um, Bowling Green is actually going to um, – going to really benefit from is um, the, the futile, I'd say, times quarterback play of um, Western Michigan. Um, it's been really, really ugly to start. Um, you know, they gave freshman um, Jack Salapak the first crack, and he, you know, he threw five picks against Ohio, so that, that really didn't well. They've been starting freshman Trayson Borgeret. Uh, probably mispronouncing that, so I'm sorry about that, Trayson. Um, you know, he's only thrown he threw for 123 yards on 23 attempts. It's like, you know, for, 
Army when he was an intramural quarterback. Um, <laughs> that could, uh, that could um, but you know, when you when you really look for it, is you know, in some cases, Bowling Green um, struggles a little bit on third down. But if you can't throw the ball, what does it really matter? Um, I think of, of the overall, I like the offense of Bowling Green better, um, that's why I think CZ and I are going to go with, uh, with with Bowling Green to cover. CZ, agree or disagree? <laughs> yeah, no, we we're aligned there. You know, sometimes it really is about the quarterback play, and uh, Old McDonald is, is solid if unspectacular, and, and young Jack Salapak has got a QBR of thirty four point six. I think that's what your QBR is for just putting your name on the test. So it's really bad. They're they're certainly struggling. I mean, two out of their past three games, bad losses at home against Eastern Michigan and Ohio, who were not great. And they got blown out both times. So if you're, you know, Max really all about home field. And if you're getting blown out at home by middling teams, that just means you're not a great team overall. I mean, they bounced back last week with a, you know, really beautiful 16-10 win over Miami of Ohio. But I sort of discount that where, you know, Bowling Green's only blemish is against those, you know, juggernaut uh, Buffalo Bulls from upstate New York. So, you know, we almost gave them a pass for that. And uh, I like what they're doing. They're, you know, solid, you know, nothing is really broken. They just sort of take care of the ball, go about their business. Um, whereas Western Michigan just like, has no identity right now. Really. And I don't think they're figuring it out um, this game or perhaps even the rest of the year. So um, we like BGSU. Fermi. Yeah, I like the over and I like Bowling Green as well. I think over 47, I think it could easily pass that. Um, Salapak, like you said, CZ, I mean, he has more interceptions than touchdowns, 51% completion percent, not good. It's going to lead to turnovers. And McDonald has been amazing this year. Uh, really, he can carry the ball. Um, I've been on a couple of their overs this year. Actually, I think, I think I've been on the over three times, and I think two of the three hit. Um, they have six overs, two unders so far this year. So I think there's another one coming this week. I like that. I like it. Also, on Wednesday night, we have UTEP getting three and a half at Rice over under 48 and a half. Coastal Carolina plus three at home against Appalachian State over under 63 and a half. On Thursday, Duke minus nine and a half over under 47 and a half at Boston College. UMass getting 15 and a half at UConn over under 40 and a half. And then finally for Thursday night, Oregon State plus four and a half. At Washington, over under 59 and a half. Big Cat, any reads on any of these games, or are these all a pass for you? I'm passing because my, my face has just been buried in reading about Doyt L. Perry. Um, he coached with Bo Beckler, so um, I have nothing else to offer. Zans, anything on any of those five games? You know, I, I love a home dog. Uh, Coastal Carolina who we mentioned, you know, beat Buffalo early on, you know, getting three at home. I know App State, you know, had game day, Boone, North Carolina. They're all drunk hillbillies. I've been there. It's fine, but I don't know. That seems fishy to me. I would like a little Coastal Carolina money line there, most likely. And although that's quite a high over-under at 63-64, I mean, Gushino know better than anybody. They can throw up some points. They can. You know, McCall, so, that QB, is an absolute monster. I would love to see that over as well, but I'm probably more comfortable in the Carolina 
money line or just take the three points and say thank you. Fun fact, both of these teams are putting up over five yards of play on offense and on defense. And uh, Coastal Carolina the past three has, has uh, averaged 24 points, but they've been a little bit of a slump. Fermi and I jumped all over that. Marshall is a tough place to play, and they came out. That is a tough defense to go in and play against. Uh, Coastal Carolina is going to play different at home. If this was in Boone, North Carolina, I agree with you. That's tough back-to-back road trips. But going back down to the Dirty Myrtle, I like Coastal Carolina here. Them getting three, as sitting at seven and one at home. App State has been far too inconsistent. They've 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 played a tougher schedule, but far too inconsistent. I like Coastal Carolina plus three. I like a money line, and I like that over. Fermi, agree or disagree? Well, I like the over as well. That was going to be my lean as well. Um, I'm, yeah, we we're all over Coastal. That was on Wednesday, I think, after the show. We, we jumped on that. And, um, it, it, of course, it badly delivered. The game that I'm a little intrigued by, I did not bet it yet. I cannot believe Duke is minus nine and a half at Boston College. I certainly can believe it based on how the season went, but preseason, there's no way I would have projected that. Um, so I'm going to watch that. I actually think Duke is going to cover that, but I'm, I did not bet anything. Yet. It opened minus three. It's now almost 10. That's insane. Uh, quick question here for the group. Yes or no? So uh, there was a big thing going around on the old tweeter, and a uh, guy had a 17-leg parlay, got called about a hedge. He put $7.77 down to win 124 some odd thousand dollars got contacted about getting around $64,000 pre-tax to take his money and run. He needed Joe Mixon over, I think it was like 63 and a half yards. Big Cat, you hedge or you let that thing ride? Don't uh, Regardless of what you think or is happening in the game right now, doesn't matter. I already know my answer. You taking that money or no? I'm hedging, 100%. Zans? Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I'm like Rain Man. I'm doing that math in my head. I'm counting toothpicks, and I'm I'm scratching out every penny I can from one bet or the other. Hundred percent. I am a big old P. I do not let it ride. Fermi, I I would hedge. I would certainly hedge it, um, but there's no way I would cancel it. Probably. So and- he took it, and he didn't take the he didn't take the money. And then as it got closer to game time, I think he got scared, and I saw something out there that said. He put $34,000 on the under. So, you know, he's, I mean, he's going to win something. For $7.77, you got to come out with something. You know what I mean? You have to. So I would have, I would have hedged. I would have took that money and ran. There's just no way. I mean, that pays off two vehicles. So, I mean, gone. Uh, Big Cat, final thoughts here, wrapping up our first Maction episode of the season. A phenomenal first episode, by the way, by all of us. And that's not really me. I just include me in this. But really, a phenomenal episode here by the Big Cat Zans and Fermi, as always, coming in on the slide, especially all you guys with kids and you doing trick-or-treating. Special, special episode. Big Cat, final thoughts. It's tomorrow night's going to be special. When you see that turf at Frank Solich Field, you're going to know that it's it's Maxion Tuesday. Zans, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to move along to the sugar-coated candy of my kids' bags. I got some Sour Patch Kids here, uh, some Airheads, sort of silly string stuff. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to eat it. In terms of the football, it's just good to be back with you guys talking about this 
amazing slash terrible conference of, of people <laughs> that live in places none of us will ever go. But, you know, they're near and dear to our hearts. They deserve all the love and respect that this incredibly highly rated podcast can give them. So I'm happy to do our part. We are highly rated, but that's what happens when only five people rate you. Fermi, what are your final thoughts? Um, just thanks thanks for the Maction boys to come back on and, and share their knowledge. Um, I'll be looking forward to it and tuning in for the next two days on uh, on Maction. We have weeks of this. I love it. We are going to do this every Monday. We'll put this podcast out. It can only get better as more information comes in. More bets are going to be placed. We're going to have a Thanksgiving special, a weekend Thanksgiving special for everyone. It's just going to get better all the way up to bowl season. We're going to do this every week and ride this thing out. So for them that I got to get out, for Mr. Big Cat, for Mr. CZ, for Mr. Fermi, and for myself, Dr. Goose, we thank you for joining us on our Monday Maction podcast on the Anonymous Gamblers Network, where it's only a problem when you're losing. Talk to you guys on Thursday.